turn and said, that's the one. My Lord was gone and would not hear. Love him. Turn around and shake somebody's hand. Greet him. Amen. And Christian love tonight. Glad to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen. At Calvary, Brother Andrew, at Calvary. Amen. You ready to have church? Amen. Let's sing this song together at Calvary. Give me a verse of that. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Carry not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me He died at Calvary Oh, and the mercy there was great And grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to me
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you thankful, Brother Luther? Would you come? Amen. Tonight, uh, you could just play something. We're going to have a couple specials. Amen. Uh, Sister Emily Curtis. And also, is the How to Shells here tonight? Or are they not? Not make it tonight. All right. That's all right. I haven't seen them. All right. All right. Brother Luther, why don't you come and um, open us up in a word of prayer and take up the offering. Don't have any prayer requests here. Maybe you have something upon your heart. You just want to say, Lord, come and bless in these services, Lord, I got an expectation. I'm going to hold it up right now and say, Lord, here's my need. I believe you got a word to meet. Amen. My expectation. Amen. Praise the Lord. So thankful for the atonement. Amen. Hold steady until we're changed. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I love you this evening. And Lord, as we gather here, Father, under great expectation, Father, we're expecting a great feast on your word this evening, Lord. We're expecting your Holy Spirit to come and minister to each and every heart, Father. Lord, my expectations are no less. I pray for those that couldn't be here that are streaming, Father. Bless the ministering of your word. May the, the gift, Lord, just magnify the gift that you've given and Lord, as we gather the tithes and offerings, I pray that you bless the cheerful giver, magnify it to your kingdom, Lord. We love you and we thank you for all your goodness and mercy. We enter your gates with thanksgiving this evening in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated, Sister Emily, would you come? Door was hung. 
his womb and he felt our pain and strife through the door of death he soon would go our great ransom paid for life once inside the door was sealed Satan thought he'd won the war but it's no secret how death was conquered the key was in the door a door was hung at Calvary it's standing open
Let's go back here. Amen. Say, Lord, here's my expectation. I got my need right here. Here's my cup, Lord. I'm going to lift it up to you right now. Amen. Believing that the Lord, you know, a lot of, a lot of prayer, a lot of expectation, amen, and uh, has went into these meetings and these services. So here's the moment. Don't miss it. Amen. Let me just say, Lord, I don't want to miss it tonight. I want to be ready. I want to be sensitive. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and 
Oh! 
prayer father just want to say how much we love you lord and how thankful we are for you and your call in our lives lord we just ask father that you would just come and we start these meetings out lord that you would just be preeminent lord in this place lord take over i pray god take over every heart and every life father as we submit ourselves to you lord we need you lord in this time that we're living in time, Lord. We're so thankful to be serving you, Lord, and to be called by your name and to be brought out of darkness into this marvelous light. Lord, we just commit our hearts to you, Father. Everything to be said and done for your glory, Lord, from the first service. Lord, may you meet each need, Lord, as only you could do. Lord, a child could turn the pages of a book, but Lord, it takes you to reveal it to our hearts. And we just ask God that you would come and reveal, Lord, and you would speak and you would touch and you would move, Father, I pray. We love you with all of our hearts and thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is this working? Amen. Amen. We turn our Bibles to Genesis 1 and verse 1. Amen. Just like to say it's very good to be with you today and it's an honor to be here. We Count Brother Jason, Brother Matt, amen, dear friends of ours and, and um, soldiers together in the cause of Christ. And we're thankful for every prayer that you prayed for us during our time of loss of my mom and situation that we went through there. And, and uh, we, every prayer was felt and much needed, and we sure thank you for that. And Amen. We'll just keep pressing on. Amen. Because I, I believe... I believe we're the lucky ones. We don't have to wait that long to be reunited again together and, and to be with our loved ones. And I, I'm glad to be here at the very end of time. Yeah. Amen. I, you know, Brother Randall said it like this. He said, we're living in a very uh, terrible time, he said, but it's a terrible time for the unbeliever. He said, but it's a glorious time for the believer. And I, I'm glad to be a believer. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Amen. As we would start these meetings out, you always want to start out on the right foot. And so we've just been asking the Lord to direct us today and just couldn't get away from this thought. So Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, 
and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Amen. We let you be seated today. Uh, just like to uh, speak to you this evening on the Spirit of God moved, let there be light. Amen. We, we uh, very firmly believe that this world that we're living in wasn't caused by just uh, two little particles coming together somehow and meeting together in the space of nothingness and meeting together and it became a, a big boom as we know the uh, big boom theory or whatever they have, big bang theory. But I believe it was a bang. I believe it was the Word of God that said, let there be light. And light was formed. But as we look, reading our Scripture, there was something that began to take place before all of this took place. And that was... Uh, is there, let me just... Yeah, let me give it to you. There was a... There was a something that began to take place before the Spirit, before God spoke, and that was the Spirit of God moved. And, you know, in this world that we live in today is a beautiful place. We've been enjoying some of the beauty here in South Carolina and the beautiful sunsets and things we've witnessed. But there was a time that it was a formless world. It was a place of confusion. It was a nothingness, an empty space. It was unreal, uh, the wasteland and the wilderness. It was a place of chaos. It was, uh, it was to be. Vo it was a void and wasteland. Void means to be empty, unfulfilled, or desolate or barren. And this is the world that we're living in. And this, and there was a time when this world was laying in complete darkness, and it was without form. It was void, and it was all covered with water. And when laying there in that dark, dim, dismal, gloomy atmosphere. But laying in this condition, the Bible says the Spirit of God began to move. And when the Spirit of God began to move, the Word was spoke and the dynamics was there to bring it to pass. The Spirit of God proved in that moment that it was greater than the darkness that covered the earth. It was greater than the gloom. It was greater than the coldness. It was, it was greater than the nothingness that was there. It, the light began to dawn upon the earth. And no doubt, you know, the gloom and the coldness and the darkness, and, and it all tried to hold its position. It tried to keep its place, but it could not because the Spirit of God was greater than the gloom. It was greater than the darkness. Amen. You know, this morning, when you got up and you looked and the sun began to rise or maybe it was already up it was the spoken word of God and it's still hanging there today not one of us got up this morning and worried about whether it was going to come up or whether it was going to be there you felt this warm rays you felt it bathe over you and, and, you know as you went through this little cold snap it felt good right and, and it stands but it's standing there as a sign every morning it rises it defies darkness and it pushes it back to where it belongs and light comes forth, proven again every day that light is greater than darkness. Amen. The sun is a sign that the Spirit of God is still greater than any darkness that tries to hold a child of God. It's greater than any coldness. It's greater than any lukewarmness. It's greater than any gloom, any emptiness. It's greater than any spirit of the enemy. Amen. If you can let the Spirit of God begin to move, the light of God will shine. 
Amen. There will be births take place. There will be changes of hearts. There will be lives that are turned around when the Spirit of God moves. Amen. You know, it's not, you know, and I know we want the Word and the Word has to have preeminence, but it's more than just having the Word. You got to have the Spirit that makes the Word live. Amen. It's the Spirit that brings the Word to pass. Amen. You know, Brother Brandon would say it like this. He would say, I'm so hungry to see the Spirit of God moving. Amen. I, I, I feel that way tonight too. I, I just can't hardly stand it. He said, some experiences I've had in the mountains. He said, just to feel that once again, that something that when I first was saved, it was so glorious in my heart. And we can come to that place, we can sit and see among us that we're drying out. He, you know, he said, we're in a desert. He was out there in Tucson. He said, I get among my brethren, they talk to me and I talk with them. And it's a way of watching, feeling as the spirit begins to move. Just to see the condition of that brother, to see what's wrong. And I mean to say, but I feel us all reclining and getting away from the spirit. It's become too natural a thing for us. He said, but we must worship in the spirit. Amen. We must live in the spirit. Not only our message should be the flame of the hour, but it should also be the flame of our hearts. Amen. It's got to be in our hearts or we can't rightly represent it to the people. He said, but the spirit has to pack the message itself. Amen. So it's not just word, 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 but it's the spirit of God that we got to have in our churches. We got to have in our worship. We got to have in our lives so that the word might live because we know the word alone is nothing but a dead letter. Amen. He said tonight, you know, in another place, he said tonight, maybe a cancer has conquered you or maybe something's got a hold of you, some disease, even the disease of sin, whatever it is. It may look ever so dark and gloomy to you now. It may look like you'll never recover cover. It may look like you can't get over that TB or that prostate trouble or, or lung trouble or whatever it is, that tumor, that crippled condition. The, the doctor may say every hope is gone, but standing right by your side ready to take you in possession stands the eyes of faith that sees the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. So away with Satan and his gloom. <laughs> Amen. Can we say that tonight? Away with Satan and his gloom. Up with the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the faith of Almighty God, a faith that can stand upon the rock of ages and pierce the eagle eye through every stormy cloud, every wave and every disappointment that tries to wash the foundation. It'll stand there and look beyond that and say, God is right. Amen. No matter what the doctor says, God is right. No matter what science says, God is right. No matter what your symptoms say, God is right. No matter what you feel tonight, God is right. Hallelujah. So away with Satan and his gloom and up with the faith of the Lord. Amen. Tonight we can still say God is right. Amen. He said, let there be light and that sun is still hanging there today. You didn't get up this morning and worry about it and fret about it. You knew by faith that sun is coming up. God spoke it and it's going to happen. Hallelujah. We can have the same confidence that the same God that spoke the sun into existence and is still hanging there to find darkness. He's the same God that said, I'll heal all thy diseases. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. He said, I will deliver you. It's going to happen. 
We can have the same confidence, amen, that he said that the sun is that defies the darkness and the gloom. The word of God is here tonight and the spirit of God is here to back it up, to defy every devil, amen, defy every sickness, to defy every depression. To defy every anxiety spirit, to defy fear itself. Amen. The Spirit of God is here to defy it tonight. Because the sun is up. Amen. The Spirit of God is here moving to bring the word to pass. Let there be light. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. The very faith, that little whip that you have standing, another quote, that you have standing by you, if you only let it take you into possession, take you and believe and have faith and believe that God's word is true, I accept it, then faith will work a miracle for you. God's word has said this, which is the infallible word. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils or evil spirits and speak with new tongues or take up serpents. Or, amen, that's our commission. Right, right. Amen, drink deadly things or it wouldn't harm them. If they lay hands upon the sick, they shall recover. God's word says that. There's something trying to work in your heart tonight that says that's the truth, but does it mean me? Amen. It means whosoever will. Let him come. It means you. Hallelujah. And the spirit of God moves something that was void. You say, sometimes I feel so empty. Let the spirit of God begin to move. Sometimes I feel so depressed. Let the spirit of God begin to move. I feel so, so far away from him. Let the spirit of God move. I say, let him move in our hearts. Let him move in our lives. Let him move in our families. Let him move in our marriages. Let him move in our churches. Take the shackles off of him and let him go. Let him move. The spirit of God, let him fall down like rain. That's been my prayer for this weekend. Let the spirit of God fall down like rain. Not a little drip drop, but a gusher of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, Brother Brown talked about the people, that artist that had painted a picture of the rock that followed them and that little trickle that came out of that rock. He said, that was about the funniest thing I ever seen. He said, that wasn't no little trickle that fed and watered two million people and all their animals. No, it was a gusher. Neither is this Holy Ghost a little trickle, but it's a fountain, an inexhaustible fountain of life. Amen. It's free to whosoever will. Let him come and drink. The Spirit of God moved upon the waters and the Word spoke and let there be light. So they both moved together. Amen. God had a reason to do that for down beneath that water there were seeds he had there. Amen. He had to have the sunlight to make it live. Colossians 1.12 says, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us in the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So down beyond all that darkness and all that gloom and all that and all that nothingness laid seeds down there. Laid life that he was or something that was ordained to life and so there had to be something that could pull upon it and bring it out 
Hallelujah. So he said the spirit of God began to go over the face of the waters and begin to woo and begin to call and begin to move. And a word spoke and said, let there be light. Because down there was a sea. Down there was a life that was ordained. Amen. To come to fruition. And I, I remember the time when I was also down in sin. And also, also darkness was all around me. But the spirit of God began to woo. And it began to pull up. And it began to move. Let me tell you, when the spirit of God begins to move, there ain't enough sin. There ain't enough doubt. There ain't enough unbelief. There ain't enough darkness that can cover a seed of God and keep it from coming up. Hallelujah. The first light that was ever given in the earth was God's spoken word. The first light that ever struck the earth was God's spoken word. He said, let there be light, and there was light. That turned darkness into light in order to bring forth the creation of joy and life upon the earth. Then the Spirit of God, as it moved with love and compassion at that great day, the first day of the dawn of creation upon the earth, the sun rose and it swept across his ways. And it dried up the waters from the earth and made an atmosphere above. And for the first time, it was to bring joy and life to the earth by seed. And that was a great hour. That word was what the world was without form. It was void. Darkness was on the earth. Nothing but complete chaos. And when the world was in that condition, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the world. It changed the whole picture of the world. It went from total chaos to a garden of Eden. It was the word that brought a transforming power of God and the Spirit was there to bring it to pass. It takes the moving of the Spirit to bring seeds to life. Amen. That's why we can't stand for some cold, formal, dead religion. Amen. Or some doctrine that's cut off the spirit of God. We must have a moving of the spirit in our church. Amen. We must. Because it's the spirit that quickens the word. It's the spirit that quickens the seed. Amen. Or otherwise it just sits there in dead, formal condition. But if you don't let the spirit begin to move and begin to woo over it and begin to call it, it'll call it out of that dead formalism. It'll call it out of that sin. I've seen it as it begin to move in a service and there it begin to woo on a heart and it begin to pull them out of their sin, out of their doubts, out of their fear. He's that kind of God. <laughs> He knows how to woo. Hallelujah. He knows how to bring those out. I believe we're in the time of the prodigals coming home. All right. Anybody else believe that? I, I believe that. I believe we're at the time prodigals are going to return. That's why I believe you ought to do a church renovation and build a bigger place. You're going to need it. Amen. Because prodigals are going to come home. Amen, I, I believe it. I, I believe we keep the spirit of God moving and the life of God moving. It's going to happen. It's going to take place. God knows how to get them where he has to. God knows where to bring them to where they need to be. God knows how to woo them. I don't care if they're in a bar room or they're out there in the street somewhere. God knows how to bring his children home. It doesn't matter how dark they are. I was just at a, just at the beginning of this year, I was at Brother Kelly Hildebrandt's ministering, and, uh, and I just dropped this in here. I was there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and, and the first service Friday night, and I was again 
you, you're just laboring, wanting to find the right direction. You know, yeah, hey, listen, a preacher always got something to preach, but you want to preach the right thing yeah. for the right moment. And so I, I was just calling out to the Lord there in the hotel room and Sister Ruth, Sister Katie was out shopping with the sister. And, and so I, I just was looking around, come across that, that thought on, 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 on who touched me. And as I began to look at this woman as she touched the hem of his garment, I, it was like the, light, the room lit up. And I, I thought, well, here, this is the right place. And I just went diving into that, got up there that night and began to preach. And I was preaching on who touched me and how, how her, her, her sin, her blood issue had actually contaminated her where she couldn't come in her father's house and anybody that got around her. But God was willing to take on her contamination. He was willing to take her sins and, and take her unworthiness and make her clean. And I'm preaching that, and I didn't know out in the audience was a young man who, who had left the church as a young boy. He's, now, he's in his 30s now, but he was like around 12 years old, and his family had left, and, and he had been out in the world, and he'd married a girl out in the world, and, and, and she had, he, they had been married about, I don't know, a couple of years, and, and they, they, they find out she'd been diagnosed with MS, or the doctors think she is. It's a devastating diagnosis, and, and he's like, well, I, I don't know what to do. He said, I, I, I can't. I, I, but I, he said, I know, I know where God is. Yes, amen. And he said, I, I, if you want to go, I'll take you to where he's at. Yeah. He said, because the doctors can't do nothing about this, but my God, God can, I know he can. I've left him a long time ago and he's telling all this. And, he, and his testimony later, as he began to tell me, he said, that, that night I went as I got so desperate before God. And he said, Lord, I, I want to go to these meetings. And, and he said, I, wanna, I, I don't want to just go out of fear or what may happen to my wife. He said, I know I've left you a long time ago. He said, but if I could just touch the hem of your garments. If I could just touch you and I would, be my, my, I would be made whole from my sin and my wife could be healed, if I could just get to you. Listen, God knows how to woo. He knows how to pull. He knows how to touch. He knows how to anoint. He knows how to do it all. We just have to give him the freedom and allow him to do what he does. <laughs> it's the spirit that quickens the word. It's possible... But you know what Brother Bram said it like this. This is interesting. He says it's possible you can be sitting here, every one of us has got the same five senses, right? Yeah. Amen. Some of us may like one of this. I actually like sometimes a sense of smell. Sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes not so much. <laughs> but anyway, he said there might be somebody here who's got a headache and you can't hardly sit still. Yeah. And he said, I don't have a headache, but how do I know about your headache? It's something dealing individually with you. And he said, that's how the spirit of God can come down in a group of people and can baptize that person in such a way that the power of God carries them to where they don't even know where they're standing no more. And the next person sitting around them know nothing about it. Amen. Amen. We cried, Lord, we've been talking about Lord moving our church. That's good. Well, what we need to say is spirit of God moving me. Quicken me. You, you can have a move in the spirit of the church, but did the spirit move in your seat? Did it move in your heart? Did it move in your life? Did it move in your family? Amen, it's so easy. Wow, we had a good service, but was it a good service for you? 
Amen. That God come and move in your life and change your life. That's what we need. I don't care if you've been serving God for 50 years. You can always have more of God. We should never get to the point that we've had enough and we've, we've attained it all and we've got it all. Listen, we don't have it all. He's an inexhaustible fountain. You can't ever have too much of God. Amen, if you had him yesterday, get more today. If you had him last week, get more this way. I don't want to ever get in the condition though that the spirit of God has fallen and I don't know it. God make us cognizant of your presence. He comes every service, but sometimes he gets by us before we realize it, and he's come and gone. Amen. How many others were there but didn't catch the significance of his presence when that woman with a blood issue was, was so urgently going towards him. and It was her whole focus. It was her whole everything. It was what she had to do that. Listen, she didn't, she didn't care if there was a pot of beans on the stove no more. She didn't care what was happening tomorrow, what was happening or what had happened this week. I just have to get to Jesus. Come on now. Can we have that same attitude this whole weekend? I need to get, not just this whole weekend, every service, every day. I just want to get to Jesus. And when I get to him, I want to fall down at his feet. And I want to touch the hem of his garment and allow him to work in my life. How many others were there? but they didn't catch the significance of his presence. There was a woman with a blood issue who wouldn't let him get by without touching his garment. Some thought it was just a lot of worked up emotion. Come on now. Some thought he just made up a story. Some thought, listen, he was actually on his way to Jairus' house. (laughs) And his mind was to go somewhere else. But she made it her opportunity. She wasn't going to allow him to get by her. He may have, he may have, he may have tailor made the sermon for somebody, but that doesn't mean you can't get what you need. Amen. If you'll just reach him when he comes by and say, God, you're not getting by me tonight. You're not getting by me this service. I have a need. Well, a lot of them no doubt said, well, that, that Jesus, he knows how to work up a crowd, I tell you. Gets a woman in such a frenzy, she falls down and grabs. But you know what? They wasn't the one that had the need. Yeah. And there was a man that was prayed for in Brother Brandon's meeting. Maybe not get all the details exactly right. He was in a wheelchair, and he's told he was healed. So just go testify. And he started testifying. Thank God I'm healed. Still in the wheelchair. And his, and his people of his church and different ones, ministers come, I think, and different ones come and come and started saying, look, you're making a fool of yourself. You're making a fool of God. You're making, you know, you, listen, you never make a fool of God by saying what he said. Amen. 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 God will back up what he said. And he looked at them and he said, mister, if you were sitting where I'm sitting. All right. If you were sitting where I was, I'm sitting, you wouldn't take the only hope away from me that I got. And he said, in the name of Jesus, right I'm healed. Right and right there he rose out of his seat. 
for you. Maybe others don't understand why we act like we act. Well, you ain't sitting where I'm sitting. You ain't going through what I'm going through. You ain't dealing with what I'm dealing with. Amen. If you would know what I've dealt with, you wouldn't take the hope I got away from me. But I'm going to confess the word of God. By his stripes, I'm healed. My son's coming home. My daughter's being delivered. Whatever it is. The doctor one time said to Brother Branham, Billy, don't you think them people, them Pentecostal people just excited? He said, no, sir, I don't. He said, that's nervousness that causes a screaming holler. He said, doctor, you mean to tell me that nerves can be excited without something to excite them? Something has to excite them. He said, so what's there? What is it? He said, it's the unseen force of the Holy Ghost moving among us. It excites that born again spirit. It brings an excitement to that spirit. The power of God foams down through there. Faith comes through by hearing. The Holy Ghost takes the word. The Holy Ghost, the spirit, takes the word, spreads it out over the people to catch it with a power that regenerated, born again life. Something has to cry out. He said, Joel seen the day when that would be changed. When they had adopted, he said, God help. When we come and adopt a theology instead of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Ouch. God help the day when you take away tithings from the church and boil up some old tough rooster and sell it for 50 cents a plate to pay the preacher. It's a shame. God help the day when we substituted the upper room for a supper room. God help the day. What we need is a good old fashioned St. Paul revival in the Bible Holy Ghost preached again in power and simplicity. Well, what did Paul preach? Well, he said he preached things like this. Who also hath made us able ministers of a New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Amen. Amen. On down in that, he says, now the Spirit, Lord, is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. There is liberty. He said, not long ago, Brother Branham, somebody said, Brother Branham preached the gospel. He said, very noted evangelist, a friend would belong to the same church. He said, Brother Branham, while you're on the West Coast, preach the gospel. I said, dude, doctor. He said, not that divine healing, preach the word. The word is what I preach, sir. Look, Brother Branham, the gospel is the word of God. He said, not altogether, brother. The Bible said the gospel came to us not in word only, but also, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. To preach the word, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Then interpret to every creature, then interpret it. In the Bible forms means to go into all the world and demonstrate the power of the word by the Holy Ghost. Demonstrate the power of the word by the Holy Ghost and these signs shall follow them that believe. Which signs? What signs? We go to church, we pay our dues, we treat our neighbor right, that's wonderful, but that ain't what Jesus said. These signs shall follow them that believe. These signs, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Come on now. Amen, speak with new tongues. It's the Bible. Take up serpents, drink deadly things, lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. 
But you know, he said the Holy Spirit, he's the one that quickens the promise. How are you going to get past that? How are you going to get past that? The Holy Spirit should know for he's the life that's in the word. He's the one that quickens the word. Just like your spirit quickens your body. Without the spirit in this body, this body's dead. The body is quickened by the spirit. Without the spirit, the body has no effect. The body's dead. The word is dead without the spirit. It takes spirit to bring forth the word to make it live. And he is the quickener of the word. Now you can't have all spirit and no word either. Amen. So when Brother Branham was talking about some of those that are jumping and shouting and carrying on and going after a gift, he was talking to word rejectors. I'm not a word rejector. Amen. It's the word that I see that, get, that causes a reaction on the inside of me when I see his word being fulfilled. I've seen he sent Malachi 4. I've seen he sent Revelations 10, 7. I see it all being fulfilled and it causes something on the inside of me. Hallelujah. I've also saw that my name's been written on the book. And when John saw it, he said, all of heaven, all of, all of all the earth, all below the earth, heard I, John, shouting. Why? Because there was something on the inside of him. He saw it wasn't just dead letter no more, but he was there. He was in the book. He was in there. And I have also saw that I am in the book. It isn't just about Ruth and Rebecca and Abraham and Sarah and a bunch of stories and fairy tales. No, it's telling about me. It's telling about you. It's telling about all of us in the day that we live in. And it causes a rejoicing. So pardon me. Amen. You know, Brother Adam talked about this, and I've also been in the same place. Thankfully, I was in the daylight, and it was still a spooky place. Brother Brandon finds himself out in a whole burnover one day, or one night on a moonlit night. He said he'd been, you know what he said? This man was a little different. He said he was wanting to get a closer look at a grizzly. That ain't me. No. No. No, that ain't me. But he finds himself trying to find this grizzly and gets out, kind of turned around and finds himself in this place after dark. And he's, he finds himself there and, he's, and the wind begins to hit him and, and he, he begins to look at this old burn over and these old pines that once stood there so beautifully. But now their grave look like a graveyard, a spooky looking place. And here come the wind coming down. Wind began to hit him and go, ooh. I heard that. Brother Doug Baker took me up on Mount Lemon. He just had experienced a fire and was sitting on the side of that mountain. Wind got to blowing up through there and heard that noise. It'd make the hair stand up on I couldn't imagine what it'd be like on a moonlit night. But anyway, he, he said, see what had happened? He said, I stood there and I thought, what is, what is the Lord trying to show me here? And these trees, but he said, I begin to realize these trees put me in the mind of some of these great fire-inspired churches just as dead as a doornail. Even the pommel worms eat all the bark off of them and everything. The fiery trials has blazed all the spirit away. And there's nothing left but a great big stature just as dead as it can be. And he said, when the rushing mighty wind comes from heaven, the only thing they can do is groan and carry on and say it ain't so, knowing any, know, not, hardly knowing anything. And they say days of miracles are past. Listen, that's not just denominational systems anymore. That's message. There's message preachers saying we're not in the days of miracles no more. 
Why? Because these, these fires have burnt off the bark, burnt off the life, and the Spirit of God can't resonate in their life no more. And just about, just every time God sends a revival and signs and wonders begin to come, fall among the people, they say, oh, the days of miracles are past. He said, I sat there and there was scripture come to mind. It was over in Joel. What the palmer worm left, the caterpillar eating. What the caterpillars left, the locust is eating. On down, different insects have eaten out of the life of the tree. If you notice, that's the same insect all the way down. It's just different manifestations of it. He said, here I stand in them trees. Once they were great trees. Once they had a great kingly position and they moved kingly as the wind blew them. But now what's the difference? Something happened. The sap line, the lifeline of that tree has been taken away. I thought, what does this mean? I began to think of the places where I've been. People I'd heard opposing, I've heard opposing saying the days of miracles are past. And I thought, that's right. That's just like some of those great big high-aspired churches that stand with great big names behind them, historical names, that once we were so-and-so, once we were so-and-so, but the lifeline has been cut. You know, we we had our family camp there in, in Texas, it was at a uh, Nazarene campground. First year we was there, there was some helpers, some volunteers had come to help them work on that thing. And so they would come to some of the services. One of the older men sat in the back and he just, he would just bawl, wouldn't he? Just bawl, cry his eyes out. And, and we, we get through the service and he walked out and told Brother Darrell Baxter, one of our deacons, he says, he said, I sit here in amazement. He said, because I'm a Nazarene. He said, we used to have services like that. And I'm thinking, used to? You can still have them. Amen. Not maybe where you're at. Move. Move with the Spirit of God. It left a long time ago. Move with it. Amen. Listen, this is where we are facing as a message community, if I can say it that way. Amen. The bark is being stripped off. They're calling it fanaticism. They're calling it a bunch of emotional workup. They're calling it all kind of ugly names. And it's the Spirit of God that's wanting to move among the people to set them free. Listen, I, I don't care if a man's a teacher, a preacher, evangelist. If he's preaching things of a gone, day gone by, he's preaching something that ain't true. Amen. He said, listen, he says it right here. He said, a denomination from time of the early Reformation and their founders, he said, what happened? He said, a new set of teachers got in and cut all the real life of the Holy Spirit out. They were made to, away, they made, they were made to sway in the rushing mighty wind like came on the day of Pentecost. But now, when God continually sends his wind, they lay down. The only thing they can do is moan. They moan the days of miracles are past. There's no such a thing as a baptism of the Holy Spirit. All these things are passed away. What a spooky place to be. What a spooky place to be. I thought, oh no, no doubt they were trees. They had history behind them trees, but the life was gone. And he said, that's what's the matter with a Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, Nazarene, Pilgrim Holiness, and the denominational bugs has eat the life out of it, and it just become an old dead spire. And we need it. what we need is a coming of the rushing mighty wind and a new lifeline to receive it. 
and a new lifeline to receive it. He said, oh, don't misunderstand me. I'm not condemning the church or the organization. I'm condemning the lack of Christ in those places. The only thing that makes them groan and moan when God sends the Holy Ghost revival to the world is because of the lack of flexible life in them to receive it. The Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost for whosoever will believe it shall receive it. Peter said it in Acts 2.38, repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and your children and to them that are far off even as many as the Lord our God will call. If God is still calling, the Holy Spirit is still falling. I didn't make that up. That's a direct quote. If the God is still calling, the Holy Ghost is still falling. It's got to be. But we find them. We find them where they've lost all the power. They've lost the ability. They don't even believe in praying for the sick no more. They don't believe in prayer lines and altar calls and all that's out. And I'm not even talking about denominations. I'm talking about us. It's all put there somewhere else. Listen, if the Spirit, if God is still calling, the Spirit's still falling. God is still healing. God is still delivering. God is still setting free. God is still saving. Amen. We're still here, so he's still doing it. He's still doing what he said he was going to do. Amen. He said, I noticed. He said, he said let me tell you, brother, God's good. But he said, he said, I looked at that, and he said, I thought, my, what's going to happen here? He said, I noticed down underneath there was some undergrowth coming up, some little bushes that had life in them. When the wind began to hit them, they was twisting and ringing and shouting, having a glorious time. Let me tell you, brother, God's going to raise up a generation. Hallelujah. God's going to raise up a generation of people out of all this dead stuff that's going to restore, saith the Lord. God's going to raise up people who believe in signs and wonders. God's going to raise up people who's got joy unspeakable and full of glory. And when the rushing mighty wind comes, it'll give right to it. It'll frolic. It'll dance. It'll glorify God. Green leaves will clap their hands, having a wonderful time. What a frolic that little undergrowth was having while those big old trees standing there moaning and groaning same wind that's a direct quote same wind one groaning, one making fun, one uh, saying it's a bunch of emotional markups, one saying this, well, it's just a preacher who knows how to work up a crowd, same wind Meanwhile, wind is blowing through. This one's being delivered. That one's being set free. That one's being saved. That prodigal's coming home. Same wind. I say let it blow. Let the Spirit of God move. And let it blow through our hearts, blow through our lives. And may we be somebody who's got a lifeline that's got the ability to move when it moves. You say, well, why does the children of God carry on like this? Why? You know, if I'm shouting, I'm shouting from a heart that's been washed clean. Hallelujah. If I'm dancing, I'm dancing from a life that's been changed. If I'm running, I'm running because my life has been redeemed. Amen. Action that causes a reaction. Same wind. 
was making one moan and groan and giving the other a big time. Oh, heavens, they will. What, 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 what's this one doing? And every time that little tree would twist, what was it doing? It was pulling at the roots, loosening up the ground so it grow yeah. deeper and get a better hold. Amen. Every time God sends his blessings upon born again Christians, upon the born again man or woman, it's only loosening up the roots to grow deeper and higher and better and freer. I will restore, saith the Lord. Yeah. Where that one was burnt down, the other one is going to grow up as sure as the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there was ever a needy time, it's right now. Hallelujah. They take a man and teach him the language of a native. They take him about 10 years into college, put 10 years of education in him. The only thing you need is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's what he said. You don't need all that education. Wait for nothing. God called you. Get going. Amen, get going. He said he sent Stephen down there where they tried to kill him and everything else. He was like a house on fire on a windy day. Put him out if you can. The more you fan it, the worse it's gonna get. Hallelujah. That's what happens to a fire, the real fire. Amen. Listen, the fire that we're talking about is not a man-made fire or a man-decreed fire or a man's ability to make a fire. It ain't got nothing to do with a man. It's a God-ordained fire. It's a fire fell on the day of Pentecost. It's still burning today and it's still moving through hearts and lives. And the devil wants to fan it and he wants to try to put it out. Devil, you ain't doing nothing but gonna make it get bigger and bigger and bigger until we move from this realm into another realm. People get scared of the anointing, scared of the moving of the spirit, but it takes that. Moses tried to do it on his own. What happened? One dead Egyptian fled to the backside of a desert, backslid for 40 years. He's out there minding his father-in-law's sheep, and all of a sudden, he sees a bush that's on fire, and it ain't burning. He's like, well, I'm going to go check that out. That's interesting. <laughs> he walks up towards that burning bush, and out of that bush speaks a voice. Moses, Moses. <laughs> Listen, God, God knew where Moses was the whole time. Moses thought he done hit himself out and he done forgot about it, being the deliverer and all he'd been taught his whole life and all it was all backside and burn him out on the backside of a desert, but God hadn't forgot. God had spoke a word and it was going to come to pass. And here he comes up and God calls him by name and he begins to speak to him and reveal to him and show him signs, and show him wonders, and tells him, Go down to go down and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And of course, Moses had all kinds of excuses. Listen, God knows how to deal with your excuses. He's got an answer to him. Amen. I don't care who you are or what you are. If you got excuses tonight, God knows how to answer excuses. And he deals with all of his excuses, takes them all away. And the next thing you know, Moses is going down to Egypt with a donkey, a wife and a couple of children and a, a rod. And where are you going, Moses? What are you doing? You're moving down and get some better grass? No, I'm going down to Egypt. What you going down to Egypt for? Some corn? Some wheat? No, I'm going down to take over. I'm 
going down to tell that old Pharaoh, it's had, he's had the children of God long enough and it's time you let them go. It's time you let them go. I have a word. Amen. It's not my word. I tried to do it a long time ago on my own, but I have heard a word from a bush and that bush had a fire in it and that fire was not burning that bush. It was a supernatural thing and it spoke to me and it told me my doubts. It told me my frustration. It answered all my questions and I'm going down to take over. Hallelujah. You have to come in contact with the same burning bush, the same fire. The same one will answer all your questions and resolve. He's the dissolver of doubts. He knows how to get you where he wants you, (laughs) whether you want to or not. Old Samson, what was it? He was just a weakling, a nothing, until the spirit of God began to move on him. Matter of fact, he wasn't that good of a person. He lived in a day, you know, the spirit of God would come down and it would leave. It would come down and it would leave. We're, not in the, we're living in a day where the spirit of God would come down and it will dwell in a man. But he would come under the anointing and get under the anointing and kill a thousand Egyptians or a thousand Philistines. Incredible. With what? A bazooka? No. A jawbone. A dried up jawbone. That looked like nothing. looked impossible. But you know, I, I got to thinking about this. How stupid are them Philistines that'll stand there for a whole thousand and let a dude kill them with a jawbone? <laughs> the same ones that were stupid enough to stand there with Shamgar and with an ox goat and kill 600 of them. I mean, you would think 550 with the 50th one would say, hey boys, I'm out of here. I'm cutting loose, there's something else going. No, dumb old devil. Yeah. Amen, he's a good adversary. He keeps coming, he keeps coming. Listen, this devil knows he's got a date that is his expiration day. He knows he's not an eternal being. He knows he's a doomed devil, but he still fights and he still fights and he still comes and he still pushes and he still haunts and he still scratches at your door knowing he's a defeated enemy. How much more should you fight when you know you're son of God? You know you're daughter of God. You're not a temporary being, but you have been changed and your life is an eternal bit. It ought to put something on the inside of you. That'll fight. It ain't up to Brother Jason to do all the fighting or the ministry to do all the fighting or the song leader to do all the fighting or the musician to do. We are all called to this battle. Hallelujah. Oh, I want the spirit of God to move. They sing the right song. Now why don't you get in the spirit? Why don't you come to church in the spirit? Then we'll worship in the spirit and we'll let God move and our enemies be scattered. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. We find we find another one. David. This little shepherd boy. Me and Brother Matt was talking about being over in Israel. I got the chance to stand there in that valley, get some stones out of that same brook. Look up there, they found diggings of their encampments and things on both sides. The hill on this side, hill on this side. And I could just imagine Goliath's voice as he had come out. And I kept stepping up out of that valley looking for him. <laughs> you know, in your imagination, it's like, how did David feel? Let me grab another stone. Listen, David... David didn't go down into the valley because he fought well. He went down in the valley because he believed well. He believed in his God. 
He believed that he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he knew that he had been with him in the lion and the bear. And he said, this giant will be just like him. If you just let me go fight him, he'll be dead just like the rest of them. Amen. There was anointing on him. He had come into the presence of the prophet of God. And what the prophet had, he poured out upon David's life. It wasn't a public show. It wasn't everybody knew it. He had critics. Sure, his brothers didn't believe him. They were everyone called to be anointed before he was. They were chosen before he would be chosen. And the prophet said, do you not have one more son? He said, oh yeah, I got another. He's out. Well, go get him. We're not gonna sit down until he gets here. And he comes and he pours the anointing oil on him. Yet David had his critics. He had his brothers that didn't believe him. His dad didn't believe him. But he was anointed. He was anointed to be king and he come walking into the camp and he hears that challenge. Brother Brandon said that giant got up and he made his challenge at 40th day. He said, but there was a different set of ears in the camp. There was somebody that was there that morning that hadn't been there the rest of the 39 mornings. He had got up every day, put on his armor, ate his breakfast, grabbed his swords, put it on, all his stuff, walked out, made his challenge. Nobody come, went back over and over and over. But on this day, it was his last day to get up and put on his soul, show a sword to put on his armor. It was his last day to eat his breakfast. It was his last day, amen, to come and make his challenge because there was a different set of ears in the camp. There was somebody who believed in the God of Jehovah. There was somebody who believed he ain't just God back there. He's God right now. Come on now. Is there somebody here that can believe? Amen. You don't come here because you fight well. You come here because you believe well. (laughs) And you believe that God's still a healer. He's still a deliverer. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter the feelings. It doesn't matter the anxiety or the fear. God is still God. Last day. Is there any anointed Davids here today that say, Goliath, this is your last day? Somebody needs to say that spirit of fear. This is your last day. Depression, this is your last moment. Sickness, this is your last service. This day, your head's coming off. The spirit of God is upon me and it's the same one that fell upon David. It's fallen upon me. It's not another God. It's not another spirit. It's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. The same spirit that began to woo over the earth is in this building. You say, well, how do you know, Brother Timothy? Because his word says he is. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'll be. Do we got anybody here that come in his name? All right, then he's here. Amen, Brother Branham said it like this the other day. I heard him on tape. He said, he said, you said, he said Dude, that light is here. He said, Brother Branham, do you see it? He said, no, I don't see it, but his word says he's here. I thought, God, that's so wonderful. You think the prophet always saw it. He didn't always see it, but he always knew it. He knew he was with him. He knew he was there. Because the the angel of God has said the never fading presence of God is with you wherever you may go. I may not see that light visibly before me tonight, but I know he's here because his word says he's here. And that same spirit that moved upon the earth and chaos was turned into a garden of Eden. When God speaks, the spirit moves. 
Amen. When God speaks, he gives strength. When God speaks, everything and anything is perfect. When God speaks, it's forever. When God speaks anything, though it linger, it will come to pass. When God speaks, it's certain, eternally certain when God speaks. No uncertain sound about it. These are just snippets of quotes. When God speaks that it's so, then you believe it because it is so. When God speaks, it's just the same as done. When God speaks a word, it's already finished. When God speaks, he'll never take it back. When God speaks, all hell moves. When God speaks, act and do it. And he will perform it. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5 verse 19 says, quench not the spirit. That quench not means to extinguish or to suppress. That's what the word means. It means to quench or to put out the fire. When it comes, don't try to push it down and say it's just emotion or some workout, work up. Don't turn it down. In other words, don't become a spiritual fire extinguisher. A bunch of wet blankets, you know, throwing over on the fire. I can't believe it. You know, don't be a spiritual fire extinguisher. Call it just a bunch of Pentecost. Call it all kind of names. He said, you ask him to come to your church sometimes, and he'll fall in the old-fashioned way, and you're ashamed to let loose and let him have his way. You quench him away. You invite him to your home, and then you're ashamed of him before your neighbors. Let him sit there unentertained. Jesus wants to be worshiped. He wants to be entertained. How do you entertain Jesus? Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I love you, Lord. Entertain him. Don't let him pass you by. If someone comes to your house and you don't entertain them, they won't come many times. Maybe that's what's the matter tonight. Maybe that's what's the matter around our homes, around our churches. We're afraid or ashamed to entertain Jesus. You're afraid somebody will hear you say amen. You're afraid or ashamed. Somebody will hear you say praise the Lord. You're afraid to raise your hands and give him praise. You're afraid to cause your neighbor sitting there or somebody else, cause your neighbor sitting there or somebody else. What do you care about your neighbor? Worship the Lord. You ask him to come, you invited him to come, then worship him when he comes. He said, we need that tonight as an old fashioned Jesus Christ entertaining place. I love that. Where men and women can forget themselves and entertain Jesus. Listen, we have entertained all kind of other thoughts already, thoughts of tomorrow, thoughts of yesterday, thoughts of our neighbor next to us. Let's just let go for a moment. Amen, Jesus in our midst. His word says he is. So let's entertain him. We don't have to be ashamed of our worship. We don't have to be ashamed of it. The critics can call it rock and roll. They can call it all they want to. We don't have to be ashamed of talented musicians. No, no, we don't have to be ashamed of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We don't have to be ashamed of dancing and shouting. No, no, we don't have to be ashamed of noise. Worship him anyway. Worship him anyhow. You can't win with a critic. They're always, that's what they are and that's what they do. You probably heard this story. You live by Air Force Base. I've been hearing them all over the place. There was a, down in Pensacola, Florida, I'll just tell it for the sake of telling it. But down in Pensacola, Florida, there was this new neighborhood they wanted to put in. So they built this big time neighborhood. It was, a, it was expensive homes. 
And it's right by the Air Force Base. The Blue Angels are down there and all that stuff. That goes. So all of a sudden, they're trying to sleep in there. They get by their brand new million dollar home and they lay in their four, five, six thousand dollar bed. And they begin to clang, they begin to uh, complain to the city hall and, you know, and say, well, look, we, there's too much noise here. We, we got a problem. We got, you know, what are we going to do about it? Surely they can only fly at certain times. Let us get our rest. And so, you know what, that airbase did, it put up a big sign. It said, pardon the noise. It's just the sound of freedom. I like that. Maybe it was here they did it. Y'all invented it. I'll give it to you. So pardon the noise. If you want to get upset because there's a lot of noise in our churches, pardon us. It's only Jesus coming through. It's only him healing the sick and raising the dead and healing cancers and, and healing diseases and healing back troubles and healing all kinds of things. It's only Jesus coming through. And I know where Jesus is. There's a lot of noise. Pardon the noise. It's just the sound of freedom. Hallelujah. Amen. When somebody's been set free from drugs and alcohol and things of the darkness of this world, they can't help but proclaim, I serve a living God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changed my life. I can't help but worship him. I can't help but praise him. I can't help but give him glory. I can't help but sing his praises because I know what he's done for me. I know what I was, and I know what I am. I know what I used to be, but I know who God has called me to be. Pardon the noise. Maybe you come here like that prophet all stewed up tonight. Satan tends to do that on a meeting night, you know. Meetings are not easy to... (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know I'm on the right track now. Meetings ain't easy. All kind of things can happen. Stuff get tore up, this, that, and the other, and people get stewed up and stirred up and tempered. That's what happened to this prophet. He, he got a, they had a meeting, and he seen somebody out there he didn't really like, and he got all stirred up. Why did he come in here? Why is he here? What is wrong? He said, the Spirit of God couldn't come on that stewed up prophet. He said, but he had to get him a minstrel and begin to play an old-fashioned Holy Ghost song. And the Spirit of God came down on the prophet. That's why our music is important. That's why our song leading is important. It ain't just getting up singing a pretty tune. No, it's leading in worship. It's creating an atmosphere. So that atmospheres can be settled and demon spirits can be driven out. Listen, God knew what he was doing when he sent the worshipers before the warriors. He did it time after time after time. He would actually sometimes, and they would go and sing, and before they could ever pull a sword, God had already defeated their enemy because of what they'd done in worshiping him. It happens. I wish I knew the key, though. There's sometimes you can come to a service, and from the word go, it's like a torch. Settling torch is blowing, you know, and blowing out, cutting out metal and all kinds. Of, it's incredible. And then sometimes you come and you're just pushing and pushing and pushing. Don't seem like you ever get. I wish I knew what the key was. I believe it's an expectation. I believe it's expecting God to move and God to change lives and God to heal and God to do what he said he would do. 
Amen. And this is what happened. His, the, man, the prophet's expectations got changed. He said, see, he said, the spirit of God come down on the prophet. That's right. God doesn't change. God liked music in that day. God likes music today. He began to sing an old song. I don't know what they played in them day, but I imagine a good old song like, there is going to be a meeting in the air in the sweet, sweet. Well, I like the slow song. Yeah. And by and by. <laughs> God's own son will be the leading one. Something like that. Some of them good old fashioned Holy Ghost songs. Yeah. And the spirit of God came on the prophet. As I tell you, brother, when you get all the formal shackles shook off and the spirit of God and the songs again and get back to an old place where we can have the spirit of God moving again, then the prophet can see a vision, then the powers of God can come into the church, then we will see divine healing. Then we'll see the resurrection of Christ. Then we'll see he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, well, Brother Branham, I'm not a prophet. Well, if you ain't a prophet, you can be one of the instruments anyhow. That's right. You ain't got no more than them 10 strings. Give vent to them as hard as you can. Amen. If you can't be a prophet, be one of the minstrels. Do something to bring the spirit of the Lord down. Amen, it ain't all behind the desk. It's right there. Do something to bring the Holy Ghost down. It might be a cry that says, God, come by my way. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes and answers that prayer. It can happen. Do something to bring the Spirit of God down. Just tell you, you probably heard the story, but it's again, my mom had her first brain bleed and she's back home and, and she's sitting on the side of her bed, distraught, wondering how things are going to be, wondering how her life's going to be, kind of the dump, so to speak. Actually, Brother Mike and Sister Bethany were, hit, were, were living with them at the time while they were building their house, they were living in the upstairs, and she brought little Drew, set him in the middle of the floor. Oh, Drew, special little child. He's 18 months old, never walked or crawled. But he had been seen in a vision walking just a few months prior to that in a prayer line. Well, I still believe in prayer lines because I know they still work. Amen. And so and here they are. Here, here they are. She's, she's in this situation. Uh, Bethany comes in, begins to talk to her. And it goes like this. She just began to turn from her thoughts of the moment to her thoughts of God and how good he'd been to her. And she just began to raise her hands there in her bedroom. And she began to worship God right there in the bedroom. And you know what that did? That was a minstrel to bring the spirit of God down. And the Spirit of God fell in that room. And in that moment, my mom was giving her eyesight back. She couldn't see on the peripheral vision from that brain bleed. And it was restored. And as it went across her, it moved across her and across little Drew sitting over there in the middle of the floor. A little 18-year-old boy that never walked or crawled, underdeveloped in one of his hips or something was wrong with him, the doctor said. Going to need all kinds of things. But anyway, the Spirit of God moves. And out of the floor, this little boy stands up. Wow. And it begins to run all over the house. Ran all over the house. I remember that day getting a video, little Drew running all over the house.
house and her mom, his mom running behind him with a camera. Look at him run. Look at him run. Look, what was it? It was because somebody became a minstrel. They got their thoughts off of what their condition and their thoughts over their present time and what was going on and what was happening and what was wrong and what their future was and got their thoughts on their God. Come on, somebody. Somebody do that tonight. Get it off your thoughts. Get it off your problems. Get it off your pressures. And get it on your God. And if you'll get it on your God, he is still on the throne. He is still in control. The devil does not have control over your life, over your life, over anybody's life. God is on the throne and he's still in control over you. We just need a minstrel. Need somebody that'll move into the realm of the Holy Ghost and begin to cry out and say, God, I need you. Don't pass me by this weekend. Don't pass me by in this moment. I need a touch and I'm not going home without you. I need more than I had yesterday. Spirit of God, move. I saw, I saw I said here, when the Holy Spirit begins to move and give discernment, and that is to bring the presence of God among the people. Notice what he says. Discernment, and God, the Spirit begins to move and brings discernment. That's to bring the Spirit of God among the people, just like, just like singing a hymn, shouting, a message given in unknown tongues or something. It brings the Spirit of God among the people. You heard your pastor preach it many times on the word under the spirit gets to moving to the people and they just scream out. They can't hold their peace no more because the spirit of God begins to move. He said the spirit of God takes the word to the congregation and feeds them. And they grow spiritually on that word. Why? Because of the spirit of God bringing it to them. If it isn't the spirit of God, it's man's intellectual abilities. Now, we don't want that. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2. He said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Today, with great intellectual messages, they can explain it to you. See the picture. This is a direct quote. That isn't, this is surge we would see Jesus. He said, that isn't what we're looking for tonight. We're not looking for the mechanics. Amen. We're looking for the dynamics. Yeah. We got the mechanics of the religions of the Bible so bottleized. It looks like a great big 16 or 35 coach train sitting out there on the track, but they ain't got enough steam in it to move it down. Amen. It takes the dynamics to perform the mechanics. That's what we need now is to see that. That's what we've been taught all these years. Is it the truth or is it not? It's been explained over and over and over through different seminaries, churches, so forth, until we're looking to see who this person is. You say, well, Brother Branham, how would you do it? Well, did you notice they came to the servant of Christ who had been trained to how to, what to do? Not just to say, sit down, stay, wait. You sit right here. I'll explain it. No, he brought them straight to him. He brought them straight to him because that's what they wanted to see. They said, we would see Jesus. Not would you explain it to us and tell us all about it. That wasn't the question. They wanted to see Jesus. 
They wanted to see Jesus. He said, we find we couldn't find him and find lectures because people find, find people who can stand up and explain the word in such a way it's just breathtaking. But what we find is just a lecture. It's just mechanics. We find an entertainer and go through all the actions and so forth. That still isn't it. What we're looking for, we're finding the religious type with the robes on and so forth. We're not so what we're looking for. No, we're looking for the person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ manifested the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we're out in the middle again because there is everything. This is church says we got it. That church says we got it. This church says we got it and so forth. If you got it, you would show it. If you got it, you would show it. The person, Christ Jesus. God is here. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is just the same today as it was. He does not fail. He will not fail. He is God. He has to remain God, right? Sirs, we would see Jesus, not hear the mechanics, but see the dynamics of him. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach. Preach the gospel. He didn't say, this is a direct quote, teach this or teach that. Go and preach. The preach is to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not against God-called teachers. A God-called teacher will still demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost. These signs shall follow them. If it don't come by a lecture, that's right. They, they believe, it doesn't come by a lecture. It comes by the presence of the living God moving among us in human flesh, proving himself he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never fails to be the same. It comes so simple. That's the simplicity of it is what drives the intellectual mind away from it. We said last night, we have so much of the mechanics. Amen. This is a different quote. We got so much of the mechanics and not the dynamics. My body is the mechanics, but my body will not operate without the dynamics, the spirit. The spirit operates my body and brings it into control. Another place in the world falling apart, he said, we study the mechanics mechanics until it's all mechanical but we want the dynamics we we can study the mechanics of how you wire a building how you put all white wires is this the neutral and the black wires is the power and the bare wires the ground and and you got these plugs and you put these here and you do this all here and it's got to be certain codes but if it ain't got no power to it what good is all that won't light nothing it wouldn't light a a smallest of a light bulb. It wouldn't do nothing. But if you put the power to it, it'll cause things to react. It'll cause things to move. It'll cause things to operate. It'll cause all the things that's in the Word if you put the power to it. All these are, all this mechanic is all wonderful and we need every bit of it. But we also need the power of the mechanics. Amen. The spirit that could come behind the word and begin to make it live in our lives. Amen. That it's not a bunch of head knowledge. We got a bunch of people that's got doctorate degrees in the message, but they can't live a life worthy of the gospel. But I'm here to tell you there is a power that can come into a life that can change them from glory to glory and they never be the same again. We have taught it so much in, in the message ranks that people have taught the moving of the Spirit, amen, all the way out that we don't even need the baptism of the Holy Ghost no more. That ain't nothing but a false worm that's got in this message. It's time to cut it out. We need the power of God. We need the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. We need the one who's the resurrection and the life, the one that rose him from the dead and is still here moving in his children. We don't need just a bunch of dead theology. 
The sun is up. Therefore, if the sun is up, we can have both dynamics and mechanics. The spirit of God and the word of God. We need both of them. That's what makes the engine go down the road. Let's bow our heads. Mercy. This ain't some mythical story, but it's a reality. This ain't some yesterday's knowledge. It's a, it's a, it's a power of words for today. It's here to make it live. Here to operate. Change lives. Change you from glory unto glory. You made one step, why not make another step? The continuation, it ain't get the Holy Ghost and put a period to it or get justification and that's all, or sanctification. No, keep moving. Keep moving. Allowing him to come and move through your life and move out the worldly influences and the worldly thoughts. And we want him to be God and we worship him as God, but many times we don't want him to be Lord. That's to have rulership or ownership over our lives. Who this weekend would say, Lord, let me be a minstrel. Yes. Let me be a minstrel that the Holy Ghost can move down through. Yes, Lord. Let me be one, Lord. Let me know you in the fullness of the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Maybe this can be just a renewing, a, a time of refilling for some, some of you that's been in the way a long time. Just need a renewing of the Spirit of God. Want more of Jesus. I need more of Him. Lord, I, I, I know I've experienced you before and I've, I've had good times worshiping you. I've had good moments with you, Lord, but God, I, I want an, I want another conference with you. I I want another time at your table. I, I, want, I got some things I just want to share with you, Lord. I, if I can just touch the hem of your garment, if I could just lay my knees down and wash your feet, if I, I could just do, Lord, as some of these before have done, allow you to come and to move. Yes, Lord. I know, I know this is the first service, but let's start it off. Let's start it off. Maybe you've been one of those, you just want to take a fresh step. Oh my. I want to take a fresh step with the Lord. Or maybe you need healing in your body tonight. He's here to heal you. Whatever it is. If you want to take a fresh step with the Lord and I just want to renew it in my spirit, Brother Timothy. I, I just got, been through a lot of battles. And feel like the fires burnt me over a little bit. I, I just, 
want a restoration of my love toward him and my love affair and my, my walk with him, my, the fire that I once felt when I first gave my life to him. I want to feel that love again. Maybe just want to come up here and make that declaration today. Be a minstrel. Lord, I, I want that. I, I need that. I, I need more of you, God. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Yes, I Hallelujah. Oh, I, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Oh, right now. Hallelujah. I lift my hands. I need you, Lord, right now. Oh, I need you. Oh, oh I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Don't want to wait another moment. Oh, I need you, Lord. Saturate my thirst. 
Come and fall afresh on me Heal my heart Heal my heart And make me whole I need you now Pour your spirit out Saturate my thirsty soul Come and fall afresh on me Fill my cup again Heal my heart and make me whole I need you now for your spirit
Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I was thinking as Brother Timothy was speaking right out of the gate, all that chaos and darkness and gloom. But you know, God had seed done in there. And it occurred to me that God doesn't do something for nothing. If he put the seed down in there, he was always going to bring it out. The only thing, Brother Branham said, that darkness, that gloom, that chaos, oh, it was just in the way. So the voice of God spoke and said, let there be light. He wasn't talking to the sun. It was already there. He wasn't talking to the seed. It was already there. Amen? The seed is already in you. God would not have put that seed in you if he didn't intend for it to come out. Oh, friends, why don't you cast aside your fear and open up your heart and say, Lord, bring everything out of this seed of gene of God that you have ordained before the foundation of the world. I found out something tonight. I finally got an answer to the mystery. Why I cannot keep my foot off the throttle when I'm preaching. (laughs) I found out that it's because There's an unseen force of the Holy Ghost moving us and it excites that born-again spirit. Hallelujah! Finally have an answer. (laughs) Amen. I thought I was just weird, but I am not weird. Neither are you. But that Holy Spirit excites my born-again spirit. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, Tell you something seriously, friends. I thought about David. You know, do you ever realize, and if you say, no, I never realized it, then you were standing with me. I never thought about it till tonight. Brother Timothy was bringing that out. David didn't, David didn't get an angelic visit. There, there was nothing. David didn't have a vision. I mean, you know, Brother Branham talked about the strength. He said, oh, if I could just see a vision, he said, then it wouldn't matter. You know, you don't know what that does. David didn't see a vision. No no angel visited David and said, you're going to go and this is what's going to happen. Do you know the only thing that happened to David is David remembered that God had already delivered him from a lion and a bear in the line of duty. Now, I don't know if you've ever met anyone, but I highly doubt you've ever met a human that runs toward a lion or runs toward a bear. Everybody runs away from them. David ran towards them in the line of duty and slew them with a slingshot in his bare hands. What farmer, have you ever seen a rancher run toward an animal with his bare hands to save one of his livestock, a bear or a lion? Maybe if he's got a rifle. David didn't have a rifle. David had to run towards him with no angelic visit and no vision. And Brother Branham said it like this. David just, when he saw that lion grab that sheep, he knew he had a duty to protect his father's sheep. He saw it when he saw that bear and he said, David said, now, Lord, I'm, I'm here. That's my responsibility. Now you be with me. And he took off. You say, you know, but the, but the Goliath was impossible. The bear was impossible. The lion was impossible. David didn't need a vision. David just knew that God had already done the impossible. And all he done was remember that. 
friends, how, how many times have we have to say, I'm ashamed to say that how many times I have forgotten all the impossible things the Lord has already done for me. And I come up on an impossible thing and I say, oh, it's impossible. Oh, my. Why don't you remember how many got impossible things that you can testify tonight and say, I know God did this and it was impossible. Oh, throw down your fear. Throw down your gloom. Cast aside that chaos and allow the word of God to bring forth that seed. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I'm sure you can tell the Holy Spirit excites my born again spirit. You love the Lord? Do you enjoy the word of God tonight? You want to go out of here and do it that way now? Be like David? Say, I'm going to just remember what God has already done for me. And when he heard that uncircumcised Philistine, he said, here's another impossible situation. The same God that delivered the, me from the lion. That's what he said. That's what he told the king. The king said, well, you can't fight him. He's a warrior. You're just a youth. He said, but, I, but the Lord already, the same God that delivered me from the lion and delivered me from the bear will deliver me from the sun. So to David, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> oh, I want to have that kind of faith, friends. Don't live in chaos. Whatever you do, don't live in chaos. Don't live in gloom. Don't live in darkness. You know why you shouldn't do that? Because you don't have to. You don't have to. God has provided a word can set us free. Amen. We're not going to linger and keep you. Thank you for coming to the house of God tonight. We'll be right back here tomorrow night at the same time. Amen. Brother Tim will be ministering for us tomorrow night. They're going to alternate as they go. God bless you, friends. Let's sing another song, Brother Matt. How's the stars one and all knows how much sand is on the shore sees every sparrow that falls this is true now. He made the mountains, mountains and the seas. He's in control, He's in control of, everything. of everything. Of all creatures, great and small. And He knows my name. Oh, every step that I take. Every move that I I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I can't tell you what's in store. I don't know a lot of things. I don't have all the answers. That's right. To the questions of life. That's a fact.
Don't know what tomorrow will bring I can't tell you what's in store I don't know a lot of things I don't have all the answers To the questions of life But I know in whom I have believed Oh, and He knows step that I take and every move that I make every tear that I cry and He knows my name I'm overwhelmed by the pain I can't see the light of day well I know I'll be just fine cause He knows my name How much sand is on the shore He sees every sparrow that falls He made the mountains and the seas He's in control of everything Of all creatures, great and small And He knows my name Every step that I take Every move that I make, every tear that I cry. tomorrow because he lives now my fear is gone because I know
they call him Jesus. 